Joe, why was the ketchup blushing? Why? It's all the salad dressing. Ooh, racy. Uh, Joe, why do mermaids wear seashells? Why? They outgrew their bee shells. Mm-hmm. Wait. Oh, yeah, that makes see, sense. See, it's a bra size, you know, nice. Joe, boobies. Boobies are uh, great. Welcome to the Booby Show. This is uh, Ted Boob Joe. Booby. <laughs> and this is Boob Jock. Um, but welcome, Carnivore Personnel. Joe, how are you? Um, you know, same as I ever was. Same as same I ever as was. Same as I ever was. <laughs> you may ask yourself. Um, so, Joe, uh, first of all, the Arthur Sideshow, uh, listening back to it, I, I, I want to watch the movie again. <laughs> you really? know, our bl- our blundering through that 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 movie just only endeared it more in my heart. So thank you. And because we did such a great job doing the Dudley Moore 1981 Arthur this week, we're going to do a sideshow of the movie Galaxy Quest, but more about the documentary about the making of Galaxy Quest called No Surrender, which I saw the other day just randomly. It's like everybody's asleep. I'm like, eh, I want to watch something different. I'm scrolling. I'm like, eh, sure. I kind of like the movie. Let me check out this documentary. I'm about 20 minutes through when I text you. I'm like, stop what you're doing and watch this. And you said? <laughs> I said that I'd already seen it because uh, Peter invited me. This is pre-pandemic time to our friend Peter. He uh, invited me to see it at a movie theater. Apparently, Fathom Events puts together these things, and this was one of them. And uh, we saw it, and it was great. And I um, I liked it a lot. It's called Never Surrender, and we'll get into it more, I guess, in the upcoming sideshow. But Galaxy Quest, I mean... Give me this direction. Yeah. Oh, God, your connection is so yucky. Or our connection, or this connection. I was going to say it on your side. Yeah, I think I think it's an our connection thing because it kept cutting out. Like I, I'm hoping that it's recording on your end when you were talking. But we'll have to p- try to power through it and see how it goes. Well, maybe we'll have to try to re-record this at like three in the morning when everybody in the world isn't on it at once. <laughs> uh, um, no, so far yeah, so good. But before we get, yeah, because the other day I was frustrated. What little time I had to play, I kept getting kicked from the PSN system, and I posted something on Twitter, which Joe instantly referred to. It's like, yeah, they know. <laughs> like, they intentionally, Sony intentionally throttled the download speeds on the PlayStation Network in Europe and I think North America because they know that the whole world is at home playing PlayStation. Right. So, so we will get into that, but uh, but anyway, the Arthur thing was fun. And uh, and how else has your week been so far, Joe? Who cares? Well, let's get into the rundown. So last week's parenting advice, I said if you don't have the ability to let your kids win at a game, you know, play something you're just as shitty at. And I talked about how shitty I miss basketball, and me and my oldest kid have been going and shooting hoops every day for the last, you know, couple weeks. And, and Joe said to himself, self, there's no way Jacques is at sh- – that shitty at basketball, as he says. I mean, he's a former college athlete. He's 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 had some some athletic, you know, successes in his life. There's no way he could be this bad at it. So he actually left the basement, drove 45 minutes to the basketball court, keeping social distancing, to see 
if it was all hyperbole or if I'm just as shitty at basketball as my 12-year-old is shitty. And Joe, what did you find out? That I'm the shittiest of all. No, oh. no, it was a three-way race to the bottom. I mean, like, you know, J- Joe's athletic background isn't the same as, let's say, mine. But yet, here it is, the great equalizer is the pandemic of 2020, and and I think we broke a record for most consecutive missed layups. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> could, could any one of us hit a layup? No, we could not. So no, the so the, the ghost of uh, Curly, uh, what's his name, didn't enter into our bodies and inhabit us <laughs> no. anytime soon. What's the last name? I'm so stupid. Curly from the Harlem Glo- Globetrotters. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, 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 we just talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're racist, so that's why we forgot. But yeah, Joe was horrible. Uh, my 12 year old was horrible. But I really think I was the worst. I really think because and and at least you kept trying to hit from downtown. So when you were missing yours, you were you know throwing bombs from four point land. I was missing you know granny shots from halfway between the free throw line and the basket. I, I think mean, I saw the at one point the hoop actually leaned down out of <laughs> pity, and uh, even that didn't help. And so. Oh. Uh, and I'm surprised that they had this, you know, it's this little hideaway place that not a lot of people know about. Um, but hopefully more people won't find out about it because then, eventually it'll just get overrun. But they had these basketballs just sort of laying around and the nets are still up. And it was just like a nice little, you know, one court basketball setup. And it was it was fun. It was actually and it was a nice day. Literally in the middle of nowhere. And the soccer field, which is like 300 yards away, they left a bunch of soccer balls out there. People want to go. And we've been going there, like I said, four, five, five, six times a week since this lockdown for four or five weeks now. It's a perfect place also to let your – hypothetically, of course, to let your 12-year-old drive a car. Like not sit on your lap and pretend to drive, but actually drive your car. Not that I – know anybody who would be that irresponsible but if you were to do it that'd be the perfect place to do it and i will get to that in my parenting tip but i'm so glad that you came out joe that was that was a lot of fun and then the next day when we got to the court the boys were literally bummed because they thought that was going to be a regular thing seeing you and i'm like oh well Haley's comet is due and about <laughs> but but they did they had a great time you being there so thank you for making that incredulous journey and thank you for inviting me and getting me out of the house and putting me on a basketball court for the first time in i think 15 years were your shoulders hurt the next day? No, I I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't take uh, any real shots to need uh, like a cortisone shot afterwards. I had to ice <laughs> it down. I wasn't like Bill Murray at the end of Space Jam. I wasn't got a guy on my knees, Mike. Um, but that's uh, that was fun. So, but now back to the sad. So so no yes. So my um uh one of my my sister one of my cousins have been hell bent on doing a cousin's zoom meeting the other day it's like we see each other we have one cousin who lives in in michigan who she's great and my boys and i have driven out there a couple like yeah twice we've we've been there twice and seen her you know during our cross-country treks and it's great it's always great to see her um but my other cousins, like we see each other if 
the Patriots are in the Super Bowl or at my mom's for Thanksgiving or Christmas. But all of a sudden, it's become this, we have to get all the cousins together and talk. And I'm on this text chain with about like four or five of them. You know, on my mother's side of the family, there's like 13 first cousins. You know, my mom was one of six. And her and three other siblings all had three kids. And all 12 are within a three-year time frame. <laughs> you know, like I'm de- I'm dead serious. Like all my, you know, all all of us were. Yeah, I think from the oldest to the youngest, it's maybe four years. So you have like Irish quintuplets. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's it's pre- it's it's pretty great. Um, so there's like four or five on this on this text thread, like trying to line up this meeting. And every time it's like, oh, we really have to get these, you know, what works for everybody? And I keep like either not responding or never, you know, it's like, (laughs) no, I'm good. And so I reluctantly, you know, got on and it's fine because like my brother and sister were on it. And I talked to my brother, I talked to my sister almost every day and it was fine. And they spent at least a third of the call talking about how happy they were to be having the call. Yeah. (laughs) And then. You know, a third of the call, like one of my cousins is my age and she's, you know, just, you know, going through a divorce and she's dating for the first time in 20 years and talking about that. And no matter how many different ways I jokingly said, I don't care and I don't want to be talking about this, <laughs> um, I, I did. And then it turns out another cousin who's been with somebody for 10 years, they broke up. And for a split second, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that they broke up. And then I remembered, oh, it's because I don't care and I, I know it sounds harsh but I, I and my cousin is great and I love her but literally I'll see her twice a year her dating life is of no consequence to me and it, it's it's the same reason I didn't bring up my podcast to them you know dur- dur- during the talk and they're all like great we got to do this next week maybe we should do it twice a week I'm like no once a week I'll commit to that but but I'm putting out a moratorium the next call Zero talk about events that happened before the year 2000. Like, like, I, like, I'll go back 20 years, but like the last time at a big party at my mom's house when my cousin was in from Michigan, um, there was an aunt who wanted to have this big kind of joking talk, but still get it off her chest, pissed at me because I flushed a necklace of hers down the toilet in 1974 or five or six. Either way, it's long before I gave a shit about anything. And so I'm, I'm going to tell him, it's like, okay, I'll get on the call and you guys can tell me what you're up to and I can pretend to listen. And uh, why do you even have a family? Nice. Like, why? Like, why, why bother? Yeah. You know, so <laughs> your attitude to, the, to these Zoom calls with your family is my attitude towards this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I'm as contemptuous with my family as you are towards me in the podcast, but it's up there. See, I put a moratorium on talking about things after the year 2000. So. <laughs> oh man! And so with with the uh, with everybody home watching everything, everything, and it's funny. Like you know, I text you and said, "Hey, you have to watch this." Um, Here's here's the thing. Am I how bad of a person am I? I was gonna say am I a bad person, but before I was gonna make the next statement, you were gonna say yes and you'd be right. Uh, when I make suggestions on shows I think people should watch, 
is not an invitation for them to make suggestions back. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not a two-way street. So if I say to somebody, hey, you should check out Psych or, or Community or, you know, Miss Maisel, your response is, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. I will watch it. It's not, oh, you have to watch Money Heist. It's great. And then me watch it and realize, oh, this is a foreign show and, and, and the lip sync is a little bit off. And somebody like me who who wasn't prepared for that can't get over that. <laughs> and, and, uh, but anyway, where do you weigh in, Joe? I weigh in on that. You sent me the wrong rundown, but that's okay. No, I didn't. Yes, did I really? I'm looking at last week's rundown, but it's fine. I want to be surprised. Um, oh, okay. So I won't send you the rundown. Just we're in it, man. Let's go. Um, uh, yeah. So, so my point is, just watch the shows that I tell you to watch. I don't want people's suggestions. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. But I will suggest Saturday Night Live this past week. Did you catch it? SNL at home. Yes, it was great. It was great. Tom Hanks hosted from quarantine. And uh, I like to he 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 goes. So already this show is a contradiction because a we're not live. B Saturdays don't even exist anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm 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 really America's dad now. Um, people are off. You know what what is it? They're put, like, put off by my jokes and they don't want to be anywhere near me or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, he goes, yeah, and all the performers are going to become, you know, are going to be coming from their houses just like mine. And then he looked around and he goes, well, not like mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, of the, before he throws it to commercial, he goes, you know, so we're going to have a, a pretty good show. But it's going to be like, you know, like the others. There'll be some some stinkers in there. But, <laughs> you know, it's Saturday Night Live. What do you expect? <laughs> I, I think it was great. And. I don't know if it was two or three weeks in planning, but what they put together in the minimal time with minimal props and all that stuff, I, I, I was in. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you knew they were going to have a Zoom meeting sketch, which was funny. I liked the, uh, the – so the premise of the sketch was that it was an office Zoom meeting, and for some reason they also invited their two older office managers, receptionists, that don't really need to be on a Zoom call per se, but you know it was more of like a casual Zoom call just to see how everybody's doing. And they – of course, the two older people who were played by A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon, who look 25 years old, <laughs> are still – you know they put, they put on glasses and they play old. They're, you know, they're dying to get off the Zoom call because they are completely dumbfounded. A.D. Bryant's character was crying on the floor going, if I don't get to kiss my family on the mouth, I'm going to hurt an animal. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and we're watching it with our 9 and 12-year-old. And might have been the 9-year-old, probably was a 9-year-old. And he was, one of them's going to go to the bathroom. And yep, sure enough, they brought the the tablet or computer into the bathroom and everybody else on the Zoom call is like, no, no, stop. Um. But I will say, like Kyle Mooney, yeah. Um, talking about when when Tom Hanks was saying, "Well, not like my place." Uh, the sparse background that I'm looking at over your shoulder is luxury compared. Like Kyle Mooney, I don't know if he just moved into a place or is squatting in a in somebody's house that has nothing. But it, it was it was like. Oh, man. I mean, I know he's – I call him One Skit Mooney because every week he's in One, <laughs> one Skit. But I'm like, he's been on for like four years now, man. He can afford curtains. You know? Maybe he's, uh, you know, maybe he's saving his money because he knows this is it. 
<laughs> no, that's I, a, that's I, a mean thing to say because I'm a fucking talentless asshole. But I, hey, who knows? Maybe we're maybe he's uh, downplaying it. You know, he opens the door and it's like it's like it's right. like it's like uh, Willy Wonka opening the chocolate factory doors. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, you have a chocolate oh. fountain, a river, or, or or that's or or it'd be like a skit where like three kids are walking through a huge empty field. And one of their friends has a box for it in the middle of the field, and they go into the box, and it turns out to be a really big house. That was a genius skit that would, I guess, uh, would have been genius if somebody had written and performed it. <laughs> yeah, it would have. It would. Yeah, it's never too late. It's, no. It's never, never, never too late. It's always um, bigger yeah. on the inside. It looks, you know, if with the right lighting, anything looks bigger. <laughs> uh, Stephen Cole's crowning achievement. Um so yeah, so so that 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 was fun. And then what else did I see? I watched Tom Papa. Do you do you know this comedian? Yeah. He has a new special called You're Doing Great. Mm-hmm. It was the most positive, uplifting stand-up routine that here's the entire thing. You are fat. It's okay. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, he's like, he's like, you got the, you got the before and the after miles. It's like, I want to hang out with the before guy. He looks like he has some donuts and friends. The other guy looks like, well, he's going to take his shirt off when it's not appropriate (laughs) and and is going to be off putting. So, you know, you're fine. It was, it was a whole stand up routine, you know, um, and one of his other good lines is, you know, um, I made a horrible, horrible business decision. I got married and had two kids. <laughs> <laughs> and as a kid, life is great. You can't wait to be an adult. And it's like you get to have money and you get to make decisions. I was an adult for six minutes and realized this sucks. I have to pay for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You should do his routine. I, you know what, dude? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they have Netflix over in Kuwait. So if I go over and do that tour, I'll just yeah, I'll just why? Why the hell not? Yep. Um, hey, it's like Rosie O'Donnell when she first did stand up. She went to an open mic and started doing Jerry Seinfeld's routine because she was like, uh, I thought like a joke was a joke, like a song is a song. You know, like I thought it was just kind of like the same thing. I didn't realize you weren't supposed to steal other people's bits and that it was considered a faux pas to do so. Um. Yeah, and you and you saw. Well, of course, you saw Miss Maisel the first season. Just the first season, yeah. I don't have enough time to watch the second and third. No time. <laughs> well, maybe the next pandemic. But the whole thing is, Miss Maisel's husband was the one who wanted to be a stand-up, and she was really supportive and great, and went to the open mics and bribed him to get the good time slot. And his whole his his routine was Bob Newhart's um, a Blinken routine. Yes, his button-down mind routine. Yeah. Right. And it's like and then she saw him on the Tim Allen show, I think it was, and was pissed at, oh, my God, Bob Newhart is stealing your material. And he's like, no, I'm doing his material, but I'm doing it faster. So it's Steve, different. You Steve, know, I'm, the I'm Steve making, Allen. Steve Allen show. Right. Steve Not Allen. the Tim Allen so, show. He wasn't on we'll Home get, Improvement. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into the Tim Allen. You don't know that. You you don't you don't know that. Uh, I just checked facts and yes, <laughs> I know that. Um speaking of stealing, uh so last night I, I bribed my nine year old. you know, I, I, I gave him the option. It was like ten o'clock and sometimes I just don't want to watch any of their shit and I said, Okay, you guys can pick. It can be any Star Wars movie, 
Marvel movie, DC movie, and they were they were just being tools and they were tired. So I said, you know what? We're going to watch the 2009 J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek. It's a great movie. It really is. And then I, you know, the nine the nine year old whose middle name is Tiberius. I'm like, come on, let's watch this. This is where your name comes from. And he didn't want to, so I bribed him. I said, okay, I will get you five dollars of Robux tomorrow for his game. And we're watching it, and there's a quintessential scene right in the beginning where where um, where Chris Helmsworth is turns out to be James T. Kirk's father. And I, oh, I mean, yeah. I've seen the movie. I've, I've seen the movie so many times, but this alien ship—it's a hundred times, a thousand times bigger than the ship that he's on. <clears throat> the captain. Has to leave the ship to go negotiate. The enemy kills him. He becomes he's only captain for 13 minutes. And he has everybody get on the escape pods and he's gonna hold them off and then join them. But of course, there's something wrong with the controls, and so he has to literally go on a suicide mission to like ram the ship into the bad guys to give the escape pods a chance to get away. You know, it's a tear-jerking scene because that's just happening. James T. Kirk is being birthed on one of the escape pods and his wife's like, you're not here. And it's this whole naming thing and it's a great moment and I cry like a baby every time I see it. But flash forward like nine years later and and as I'm watching the scene because it's the first time I've seen that movie since I've seen, you know, since I saw Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the huge things in Last Jedi where, you know, they're running out of fuel and they're going to have the escape pods and they're getting away and they're going down to the planet. And the one woman stays behind the Admiral. I forget the actress's name. She has like Laura a really Dern. long. Lauren Dern. And she's going to literally, you know, make her ship jump through hyperspace, but right through the middle of the fleet to destroy yeah. it. Yeah, the spirit. You know, yeah. So so they could get away. And and for a second I'm like, wait a minute. And then I'm like, okay, JJ Abrams did did Force Awakens and then he did the Rise of Skywalker, but he didn't do Last Jedi. But for a second I'm like, wait a minute, is JJ Abrams just recycling his all hey, I got an idea how they can get away. It's never been done before. Well Abrams this- Abrams did produce Last Jedi, so right. yeah. So, but but like I always say, if you're going to steal, steal from the best himself. Yeah, there you, there you go. Um, but you know, so so the last couple days, the world has taken seriously an ugly turn. Like the pandemic now is starting to look in some ways like the zombie apocalypse. Did you see the photos from inside the was? Is it the state house in Ohio where the demonstrators? were outside pressing up against the glass, like screaming for them to let people go back to work. Do you know the photo I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're wearing Trump hats and they're wearing, they're carrying the Trump signs and they're just kind of almost pressed up against the glass. Right. Yeah. Does it not look like zombies trying to get into like the mall and, uh, and what, what is that zombie? Or any of them. Yeah. Any, any, zombie. any zombie movie. Yeah, which zombie movie is the where they're, where they're trying to get in. <laughs> right. No, no. There's one where where it's at the mall, and it's like one of the first ones. Like, oh, I don't know. The Day of the, Day but, of the Dead, the, maybe. Oh, and and so you know, and it's funny because, but I will say, my mom, who's on the wrong side of the fence with this, was like, "Well, they should let some people go back to work." And then the only point that she made is like, "This be the perfect time to get rote work done." And I'm thinking, 
You know what it is? It is. You know, I, I mean, if if you have masks and you're like, if one guy's digging the hole and have it, instead of usually having the one guy dig the hole and the eight people stand around it, maybe if those eight people were six feet apart. But this is the one time that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, there are some jobs that you could go back to work and maybe that's one of them. But all these people, and, and as of today, I was watching it, there was like one big Trump rally and they started chanting fire Fauci. I'm like, yes, that makes perfect sense. Fire, you know, because he has been an asshole lately. He went on, you know, Fox News and started telling the truth and using science and and correcting them on facts. You know what? Fox News really should stop having doctors on, even legitimate ones. You know, they started with Dr. Drew, then it was Dr. Oz, then Dr. Phil, you know, slippery slope. Eventually you're going to get to the real bad guy, Dr. Fauci. Look, I, I I don't want to make this all about Oprah and it being her fault, but it kind of is. She's the one that brought Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz into the into prominence, and those two guys. It, it's it's like it's like you know, yeah. If I, my I, two sons go on to be Jeffrey Dahmer's, at one point I'm going to have to say, okay, it's a little bit my fault. I brought them into the world. Well, the Onion already <laughs> had an article about this where. <laughs> The headline was, Oprah armed with a shotgun says, you've served me well, but obviously these doctors have gone too far. <laughs> oh, like, you know, and it is. Which, which one of them said at the most you'd have two or three percent of the school, you know, the school kids die if you reopened all the schools? And he said that and, that would be a, a risk that would be worth considering or something like that. Yeah. It was so, Dr. So, Mehmet Oz. So my kid goes to school. There's about 400 kids in a school. So on the low end, only 2%? Yeah, that's eight kids dying. You know what I mean? It's like, eh, that's really worth the risk. You know, uh, I mean, and if I got to pick which kids, maybe. maybe hey, I think he read a very heavily scripted apology the next day that Dude, he was misquoted. I, <laughs> yeah, <interpreted>. yes. <laughs> well, I, I love that. Don't listen to the words coming out of my mouth on this national TV show. That's, you know. It's, Who are you going to uh, trust, uh, me or your lying ears? <laughs> Dude, it's like that's the kind of stuff where, okay, now, and just before Please. you don't. Oh, yes. I love that sweet bass when you kick it. You don't think when we could get stupider as a species, and then you're seeing that it's great that. Florida is going to be reopening its beaches, and the clip that went around on Twitter, and I know you, there's no way you could look at Twitter today without seeing it, the governor of Florida putting on the mask sideways. Yeah, he put it over, he put it on sideways, Ron DeSantis. Not, then there was another picture of him wearing, he had two rubber gloves, one on his left hand and one in front of him, and with his bare right hand, he's looking at some papers and he's wiping his nose with his bare right hand. And, you know that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a beach in Jacksonville, Florida, that it opened. I think it was Jacksonville that it opened up. Um, so you know, but I think they're they're um, I think they're idiots. I think I think. We're, well, well, go ahead. Well, no. Uh, so in Massachusetts, the state that this podcast is coming at you from, it has the second highest per capita rate of people infected. Do you mm -hmm. know that, Joe? At I the did same not know that. 
At the same time, we are number one in the country in testing per capita. So now the states that don't have any people with this at all happen to not be testing anybody at all. This Uh, reminds me of the meme of the guy pointing to his head and smiling and nodding going, you can't get infected. You you can't record the infections if you don't test. And that's exact. And so in, in North Dakota, one of the states where they're refusing, there's still eight states that haven't put a stay in place order. And like, that's one of them. But yet at, at one, just one, packing facility 600 people have tested positive and they've had to shut it down and it's like okay so you, you we're still all good with not testing and and all this stuff are you saying that people are stupid when it comes to health over money uh it's not, it's not even money it's like yeah it is it's all it's, it's all money, money dude it's all there's only money that's it's you know these billionaires can't make the money themselves they have to send the lowly workers to the plants and get them get that product out. You know what? Actually, uh, yeah, if you could do that, because uh, I've been to the store fucking five weeks in a row, and those same goddamn shelves are still empty. <laughs> I I was talking to All Star Tommy, you know, yesterday. Uh, uh, we were texting back and forth, talk, <laughs> talk, and he uh, and he and he had texted me like, and it's it's early. It's like. 8.30 my time, and I'm like, or 9, I'm like, what are you doing up? Because he's in, you know, California. And he goes, oh, he's getting ready for some, you know, covert strategy, how we're going to deal with this meeting. And I'm like, his wife, who's an ER doctor, I'm like, wow, she's really taking it seriously. She's making you guys get up and have morning meetings. And he works for a, a large bank. I'm not going to mention any banks. It's it's in America, and, and it's a bank. In America, I don't know if it's of. It's a bank in America. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, but they're having these meetings because they're dealing with people in states that don't have this." So they're like, "Oh, well, what do we do when it comes to our state?" It's like, "Asshole, it's in your state." But it's like, "Yeah, he has to be on these calls talking about it because yeah, they're getting ready to lift it in Texas. They're all set. They're all set. They tested those three guys, and yeah, they're ready to open for business." So. I like how they're in Texas. They're ready to open for business, but they've decided to close the schools for the rest of the school year in Texas, which is, you know, I mean, you should be closing the schools, but right. It it, it sort of shows their hand as to where their priorities lie. So I don't want to make this all about asshole in the 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but let's recap the week really quickly, shall we? Please. Um, I make all the decisions. I can do what I want when I want. The next day it was, well, I'm going to let the governors make their own decisions. (laughs) You know, when it turns out, yeah, you can't tell states. And then the next day or, 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 yeah, like the following day, it was like it was on Tuesday. He was, I decide when to open and close states. I'm the one who makes all the decisions. And then a bunch of governors like, no, actually, you don't. You're not the king. Like, literally, you can't. And then he backed off, and it was great. He's like, well, I'm giving him permission to make their own decisions. And Cuomo's like, oh, great. So, like, the whole 10th article in the Constitution, you're going to, you know. Permit l- me to l- obey it. <laughs> permit me. And then, and so he says, yeah, I'm going to let states do what they want. And then the very next day, look, I don't. I I don't want to sound like an alarmist. C- 
could you see how his tweets on Friday were akin to starting a civil war? Uh, you need to liberate your states. You Second Amendment people, they're trying to liber- – you know, you need to liberate your states or – It was like know. liberate Virginia and Second Amendment folks. Be careful because they're going to – they're looking to take it away. You know, it's like – and the thing is, it's like – is it crazy to say it's like, oh, it looks like you're telling people to overthrow the governors in these Look, states. are you telling me that the president of the United States tweeting that a certain state – should maybe obey their Second Amendment rights to the fullest and look out there. Some other people are trying to take away those rights. Do you think that's a call to arms? Like a literal I, call to arms? So, now, I don't, but here's the fucked up thing. In his administration, that's not the most gaslighting, gaslighting thing of the week. I think that goes to Stephen Miller, who was applauding the... The protesters out there block. I mean, what's in one state, they literally decided we're just going to stop our cars on the highway and we're blocking ambulance from getting to the hospitals. Like, I, and I wish I was making it up. And Stephen Miller. Uh, I like to call him Stephen C. Kyle. Stephen C. Kyle. Um, and, 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 and oh gosh, it's hard to say what's the most gaslighting thing. But he said the covert protesters. COVID are akin to Rosa Parks. Oh, good. Okay. So, so, so I'm not sure if, hey, they're coming after your Second Amendment. You better liberate your state. Or him, you know, saying that these red hat mega people blocking ambulance from getting into hospitals are just like Rosa Parks. <laughs> it's like they're getting in the back of the morgue. You know. <laughs> You know, so but then on the other hand, you have people competing for the dumbest thing said all week. Uh, you know, uh, and, and we've joked about it because it's it's if you don't joke about it, you're gonna fucking cry. Uh, you know, Kellyanne Conway this week saying, you know, backing up the president saying, well, the World Health Organization did mess up. They should have known this was coming. You know, they had covert one through 18. They should have seen this coming. It's like she said, it's, and, this is COVID-19, not COVID one, folks. You know, and, and, and did, she, did she go on to ask where Obama was during 9-11? Did she follow up with that? Because that's one of my favorite mega things when you when you actually see those people blame Obama for this. And then you can easily say, yeah, and where was he on 9-11? Speaking of Obama, did you see, uh, was it this week? I can't keep track of the weeks anymore. Was it this week that he put out his uh, endorsement video of uh, yep. of Biden? Okay. Yeah, he waited. He waited for he waited for Bernie to you know back out first officially, and then the next day after Bernie, he put his out. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that was a thing. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> so so, but and, and then and then it's like okay, so you got the gaslighting by Stephen Miller, you got the stupidity by Conway. Where do you weigh in on Muchin? You know, Stephen Muchin uh, saying. Yeah, the twelve hundred dollars stimulus check should should last people ten weeks. I think he's uh, 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 just saying things to get off camera. I think he's <laughs> on. I think he's just saying things, and then nobody calls him out on it because he's the treasurer and he's got a hot wife, and that's it. And man, do I treasure him! <laughs> um, so, so, so you know that 
Uh, that's pretty much awful. Joe, do, do you have, have, I know you put a lot of thought and effort into this. Do you happen to have a self-indulgent theater you wanted to do this week? You know what? I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but you soon will be doing, you know, when you talk about stealing material, you are going to be doing old material from somebody else coming up soon on this podcast because I found a new gift for the collection. Ooh. Oh, top 10 lists from Nate, Late Night with David Letterman, the book. Great. Dude, and I think, let's see if I can find the copyright on this. I don't know if your son, at 91. Yeah, I was going to say that's NBC era, Dave. Uh-huh. You know, you know, finger oh, on the pulse, right. that's all. Any, um, any uh, what's her name, Leona Helmsley joke that you want. <laughs> uh, I think, I think there might be one. Maybe sixty, but a Fuko. That was pre but a Fuko. That was pre but a Fuko. Oh yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Ninety-one. I think. Right. I think. I think. (laughs) So that lets us get right into sports, and lets us get right back to the state of Florida. Um, Earlier this week, the state of Florida, in its ultimate wisdom, has said that the WWE is an essential business, and the WWE announced that they're going to go right back into production, but they're going to be doing their wrestling events in mostly empty stadium. I saw. I actually watched a little bit of it because Fox now has the SmackDown show live on Friday nights, and I was flipping the channels because I'm back to flipping channels now. I don't have... Uh, cable anymore so I'm just flipping through the local channels and all, all of a sudden I see WWE Smackdown live and I'm like you know what this is a weird time to be watching wrestling uh, but it's live and I want to see and it was like one of those hot like diva kind of babes up there so I was like eh, let's see what this is all about and it is weird like wrestling is super weird without an audience it is like it is right. it is peculiar because they're 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 holding the same beats as if there were an audience reaction, like a, they, as if they were like holding. Oh, I love when you drink and then breathe into the mic, and it's just cool and it's awesome. It's like that Cindy Crawford Pepsi commercial, you know? Ooh, it takes me back. Uh, Why is the funniest thing you say when you're shitting on me? I don't know. You're like my muse. Glass table here. I, I, it, but it is weird to watch because it, it it's playing out. First of all, I admire. I actually. I actually to do like admire their acting and, and conviction and because they're, they're doing a live show and they're not they're, they're not feeding off of anybody so they're just they're just doing this but they're doing it in a ring with the lights and the big LED screen where they have the person's name like anytime they a person is brought up or introduced they put their name on this big screen and they walk down the ramp and they go into the ring. And they have the fire and the and the, the light smoke. shows, yeah, and it's the music and stuff, and they come in, but there's nobody cheering. There's nobody there, and I'm like, oh my god. So I did watch some of that, but then I also saw that, and this actually took me back to my childhood, that they um, they took a minute to remember their longtime announcer who had passed away. Not from, I guess not. It's not clear as to whether he died from Corona or not, but he was like a 60 year old longtime. Ring announcer, like he's the guy that he he's gone back to like the the eighties and way back. Like he's the you if you see this guy and you hear his voice, you're like, oh yeah, that's the wrestling. You know, guy. yeah. What? So I'm like, I'm watching him, and it's like, oh wow, that's you know, that's the uh, that's uh, that's too, that's too bad. But uh, that, yeah, so they 
played old bits. And it was uh, it was interesting, but uh, but I also heard the WWE like laid off a bunch of people at the same time. Like you know, it's like yeah, we're an essential business. We need to put these people back to work. Not those people, but these people have to get back to work. I mean, they're not pulling in any money because I mean they are pulling in ad money and stuff, but they're not pulling in any of the, that venue money. Yeah, but uh, honestly, the venue money, the venue money when it comes to major sports is ancillary. It, it's a cherry on top for most of those mm, things. I, no, well, I'm, what about I'm, what about merchandising? What about merchandising? No, I mean it all. It all, all is a drop in the bucket compared to the TV money. When you, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, you know, this is how I can tell you this is true. When the NBA had their lockout, what was it, like a decade ago, Mm. those contracts were ironclad. So the NBA still got paid the money. And it was like the first time that so many of those teams, like it's the highest percentage of profit those teams had because, you know, they didn't have any of the expenses of the hot dog vendors and the people parking the cars and all that. Mm. Like, uh, uh, honestly, the TV money, and it's one of those things where – there's a lot of people, you know, they take a PR hit, but on the other hand, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that places that usually don't pay a lot of attention to wrestling, like Fox Sports 1 and ESPN and, you know, all of those, we're covering this. We're talking about it, either talking about the day of saying it's awful, they shouldn't do it, or saying, thank God we have live sports, here's some highlights. But they're not competing with anything. There's like absolutely nothing. Even you ended up watching it, you know, just because it happened to be on. Yeah, I'll check it out, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's nothing. So, and I was thinking about that because they were saying this about a month ago. Some people were saying, okay, well, if Major League Baseball wants to have a season, they should go somewhere like Arizona where literally in a 60-mile radius, you'll have 10 state-of-the-art. It's where um, you either go to Florida or Arizona to play spring baseball. It's where the training camps are. But they're actual, the regulation size fields. You know, they they don't have, you know, 80,000 seats around the field, but the fields are the same size. And they're like, you know, you should put the team sequestered, each team in a hotel. You know, they can be there with their families and you can come to the, everybody gets tested, but you play the So you have like a, not in front of people. An and ML, now, you set up an MLB Olympic village. Yeah, exactly huh. that. And that's what some people were suggesting. And now some people are thinking about that for the NFL. It's like, okay, you know, but with the NFL, I mean, each team, if you're not talking the families, just the teams alone, there's a hundred and. 10 people, 120 people staffs, but but that's the thing. If you're willing to do that, you know, because you're only playing 16 games, you know, a week and so if you ended up playing games, you know, and you had one location, like one city where you're like, okay, everybody get to this city, everybody get tested and the people who get tested, you know, go into the Olympic Village, whatever, for the duration but can you? I, I, it's interesting. It, it's what, hard to do that with a contact sport because you have this. Because people are, it's slipping people's minds that you know get people tested, get people tested. But a tests are hard to come by unless they're unless they're getting easier to come by. And b, you can be asymptomatic and still have it, right? Right. I guess unless you have the tests that can detect that when you're not symptomatic. I don't know how well, far that, the, how deep the tests go. 
You know, it's interesting because I've always wanted, and, and lots of people have talked about this. I wonder, and people have talked about it for, you know, 50 years with hometown calls and stuff like that. How would it go if games weren't only just played on neutral sites, but there was no fans? Like, like how much, and it's true, different sports vary, you know, but all sports, if you take out the crowd element, you know, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how, in, in the intensity, like on one hand, how much intensity does a crowd really bring to these professional athletes? Does it really inspire a linebacker to fight that 5% harder to get to the quarterback when his home team is cheering for him when it's third and long? You're certainly not having to listen over the crowd roar when you're calling plays. That's for, that's for one thing. Um, I think that's the only effect the crowd might have on, and, and you're not dodging debris if they're throwing trash on the field. Maybe that's the only <laughs> other thing. And there's no, uh, there's no chance of somebody streaking or running onto the field during the during the game. So there's three almost, things. Almost no chance. Almost no chance. I, I, I'd find a way. I, I would. I would find a way. I. I, <laughs> I and and yet I'd persist. Um, so moving on to games, I still haven't played Resident Evil Three. Good. We've we've already talked about. You know, because with the lockdown, literally, we're just doing so much stuff like, you know, that I don't have a real it, it's going to be one of those things where management is going to have to be out of town and I can just eight hours, two or three days in a row and not worried about, can you do this or you haven't fed the boys today? <laughs> or, you know, it's like um, it's amazing so that, how you can't compartmentalize the Resident Evil, but that's the way that's how you do, and that's fine. But I, but I want to enjoy it. I can do that, right? You know, but it's like going to a movie. It's like, look, I you know, I want to go to a movie. The first time I see a movie like Star Wars, I want to see it in the theater. There, you know, we just got Little Women on Apple TV. Yeah, I'm fine to be making dinner in the background or have to pause that a couple times, you know, and, and, and see it, but with something like that i want to i want to be i want to be swept away uh, uh i heard my oldest guy my oldest started off his piano lesson today with your oldest by talking about a death in the um tf2 family i guess the voiceover guy who does the character soldier oh, in yeah. team fortress 2 uh, passed away of corona yeah and- i saw actually my younger son posted that on Facebook. He's 14 and he's on Facebook. But uh, yeah, he posted that on Facebook and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's sad. But yeah, coronavirus is hitting every facet of American and world uh, culture. Except Africa. But it was, oh, wait. It, it was, <laughs> It'll get to Africa soon enough. Except South Dakota and North Dakota. They're fine. <laughs> sorry. They're fine. Sorry. Uh, but they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, no, but it was interesting that you know their worlds collide, you know, with that, and 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 uh, it's not in no way it's a good thing, but it, it kind of hits home that they know somebody, you know, like you know my, my my oldest son isn't a big fan of Tom Hanks, so he wasn't really worried that Woody, you know, was stricken with this a few weeks ago. You mean you he know, wasn't a, he wasn't an Adam Schlesinger fan? No, no, he he he, he was not, uh, or is not. Um, he will be. He will. What be. about you? What have you done game wise? Um, not a whole lot, actually. Just kind of pecking away at some older games, not really diving into Doom Eternal that I bought three weeks ago. I'm a, I'm a real pill. I think I mentioned that last week. I'm just a, I'm a weirdo. I'm a weird dude. dude. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm growing up. Maybe, you know, in, in a weird way, I'm growing up. Take that sip, Cindy. Mmm. 
I hate you. Uh, <laughs> so you left the house, drove 45 minutes to play basketball this week, mm-hmm. but you haven't gone 16 steps down to the Lyceum to play Doom. No, I have not played Doom yet. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm uh, uh, a weird guy. I don't know. It is, I'm overwhelmed by... Yep, I can see it. I see you licking the... the it's, 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 Cindy Crawford wasn't that gross. She was classy when she drank that Pepsi. <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't Pepsi. really. Uh, the choice of a new generation, I'll tell you. They, that, there, there's not a lot going on game wise. I've, uh, I've actually been dubbing old. Here's the thing I've been doing in, in, st- in its stead. I have been taking old mini DV home movies and uh, finally digitizing them. Finally nice. digitizing them. Got to take pictures of your wife. I do, do you want, want some? <laughs> Got any new jokes? (laughs) Nope. No. Look, I'm bragging that we're as current as a 1991 David Letterman top 10 book that I found, you know, cleaning out a box this week. You know, I'm going to steal from Henny Youngman to the day I die. Steal from the best. Right. Uh, So so who do I play Resident Evil 3 before you play Doom? Well, I've already started playing Doom Eternal, so I got oh. to beat. I did beat. Okay. I did play one level of Doom Doom Eternal. Um, and I don't know. Maybe I'll get around to it this weekend. Who knows? You know what? I don't know. Maybe if I stop waking up every day in either dread or distraction, like that's just that. That seems to be my life now. It's just either dread or distraction. And, and before the pandemic, you woke up cheerful. You sprung out of bed every day, all sunshiny roses, ready to tackle the world. No, this just turned it up to eleven. Like this okay. pandemic is just basically like you know this is oh what you uh, what you thought was your life, and maybe you could get out of last time. Now you know for certain. No, this is your this is your fate. It is sealed. But uh, what 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 are you watching this week? That's what I want to hear. No, no. My question. is... Is what show would you like to be watching for the first time? Hmm. What show would I like to be watching? You, you mean if I had never watched television ever, or would like, I like or, for or, me or like Battlestar TV- Galactica? Okay, right. Uh, like like if sh- I could watch the four seasons of Battlestar Galactica for, for the first time now during this, mm-hmm. be amazing. You know what? I should be watching that. It's free for the next couple of weeks. I should be watching The Sopranos like that, or or you know. The Wire, like those types of shows that I'm, I, you know, I can get into those kinds of shows. I know that they're, you know, not as sci-fi as the stuff that you like to watch, but, you know, it is available. So I should, or you know what I was thinking of? I stopped watching The Simpsons regularly in about, you know, 2001, 2002. And since then, apparently, they've been making more shows. What? And, and, and also I heard that on Disney Plus, all of those shows are available for streaming. And I thought to myself, self, you know, maybe, maybe it's time for you to reconnect to a little family called the Simpsons, you know, after you stopped watching them on a regular basis. So maybe I'll go back and actually watch some of the newer seasons or even Family Guy I stopped watching. Uh, Yeah, that's another one. Family Guy. Management and I used to love that. Like it, I remember the first time I went to her apartment and she had like season two, one and two of DVDs were out. And it's like we spent one weekend, you know, just watching all those. And it was like it was one of our first big bonding things. It was great. It's like, oh, my God, you like it this much? You must be fucked up. 
I think we're perfect for each other. <laughs> Marry me. So maybe, yeah, no, that's exactly what she said. Um, I think maybe, maybe you and I should like, well, let's, let's, let's pick a season and, and just watch a season together. You know, we'll watch a season together apart and, uh, and that way we'll get each other's new Simpsons references. <laughs> so when you go to say it, I'll be like, what? What's well, that from? You, you know, we're not going to gonna do that. It. We're not going to do that. Cause you don't it, know. I know. I know me. If I'm told to do something, I'm going to be, you know, kicking and screaming, actually, actually doing the task. Um, and it's and if it's not, it doesn't have any Pacific Rim in it, and it doesn't have any Star Wars in it. So I'm not sure how faithful uh, you're going to be to. I watched Star Trek last night, so I'm I'm all over the place. I'm not don't don't pigeonhole me in like the Star Wars box, Joe. I have a lot of other interests. <laughs> yes, you are uh, you're a special person. Jerry Kidsway. Okay. What is your parenting tip of the week? Oh, no. I wanted to talk about TV stuff. That, uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what What are you watching that we haven't talked about? Uh, last night, I watched for the first time ever Meatballs, the 1979. What, 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 no, yes. really? Yes. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just matter. doesn't matter. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. I, what was it on? It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. I saw it. I was like, you know what? Shame on me. This is Ivan Reitman's first movie. This is Bill Murray's big breakout role. It's you know, it's got some you know memorable scenes. I, I've seen clips of it. On you know, I seen like the 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 one where the the camp counselor wakes up on the raft in the middle, and then I didn't realize it was the end of the movie. Spoilers, but yeah, it was. And going through the 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 liner notes, if you will, aka IMDb. You find out, wow, A, this is very Canadian. Um, I like the black kid in the movie. The black kid. <laughs> no, there is no black person. I was right. joking. There is zero black people well, in this movie. Dude, that's um I, I, I I'm just beyond myself because I think that was one of those movies I saw in the theater. Absolutely it was. It was nineteen seventy nine. You were ten. I'm sure for sure as shit you saw that with your dad somehow in the movie theater <laughs> or a drive in. But it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It just that's, I mean look that, that, that's top five Bill Murray moments. Yeah. Like like when you go through his like his 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 rallying speech in stripes. Yeah. You know, or 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 like you know the the day that he's incredibly nice to everybody and and, uh, and um, Groundhog Day, he buys the insurance policy, he's playing piano for everybody in the whole. I mean, and it's just you know dogs and that, cats that, living, together, living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> um, no, that 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 just doesn't matter. Thing is is great. And I love watching um, his scenes. You know, first I'm I'm reading the the liner notes. I call them the liner notes. That uh, they added, they filmed more additional scenes, or the they they after initial filming, they went back and added those extra scenes with just him and the kid, Rudy. You know, like them playing uh, cards for peanuts, um, and uh, them at the bus stop. You know. Um, it, it, I just like the genuine interaction, you know, like just like just like the big brother kind of like, you know, all right, you want to come back with me? Is that a yes? And he pulls his hair up like this. Yeah. Is, this means yes. This so means Bill no. And then when he's giving the just doesn't matter speech, you can tell like a lot of those kids are genuinely laughing at Bill Murray being funny in the scene. 
Right. They're not just like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do because this is in the script. No, he's. this is something <laughs> that probably wasn't written in a script that they're hearing for the first time. Yeah, I want to see the making of every movie Bill Murray's been in, <laughs> or, or at least in that era. You know what I mean? I, I think... And uh, I also learned, or maybe I'd also known this, that Ivan Reitman wasn't quite sure that Bill Murray was going to actually be in the movie until the first day of filming. He was, you know, I, I know Bill Murray is notoriously absent when it comes to uh, tr- nailing him down before for a commitment to a, a movie. And he was that way, I guess, since the S. I guess uh, there was also like he had a, he had like kind of a tight contract with SNL like he couldn't do anything outside of SNL until that was over and then this thing filmed I think in 1978 you know so he was still on the cast and yeah he just showed up one day the day of filming and you know ready to get ready to go and um, a star well, was born it was the same thing with um with Caddyshacks mm-hmm. I mean Harold Ramis didn't write anything for him because he wasn't sure he was going to be in it. And then when he showed up, it's like, yeah, you got him for 72 hours. So everything that you see, I mean, if there's no bonus footage with him because that's it. And and most of his lines were improvised. Uh, we won't make this a Caddyshack thing. But, yeah, he was historically like that. I, I think I think Stripes is the only one that it, it was written just for him and his comedy and stuff like that. Uh, where with... Caddyshacks is like, oh great, he'll play this little part. He wasn't supposed to be that big of a character because they didn't know if he was going to show up or not and if he was going if what he'd be willing to do and all that stuff. But no, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch Meatballs. The good news is that movie did really well. The bad news is that movie did really well and they did a sequel. Maybe Meatballs too. I, what Bill Murray was in that too, right? And, it, and it's I, I think it's one of those things where okay we're gonna and it might have been I'll have to go back and watch it I just remember it not being great no. and I'm, I'm I'm trying to think if it was when he signed to do Meatballs it was a two picture deal and he kind of had to do it type oh. thing but I think I think that one he had really dialed it in yeah I'm waiting for Stripes too myself but I guess you know with Harold Ramis gone that's kind of a a lost, yeah. With Hal Ramis, John Candy, they're both gone. Uh, maybe we can get John Larroquette back. I could see that. <laughs> What's he up to? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what is your parenting tip of the week? Okay. So, as I was saying earlier, the place where uh, we we've, we've been shooting some hoops, or is it, where we've been standing on a court with this yeah. orange. We're not Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Trying to, you know. Uh, it is. It's a perfect place to have a 12-year-old learn to drive. And, and look, it's not a big deal. What's the difference between go-karts and cars? Like, he's driven, like, really fast go-karts on, on tracks where you can go 30, 40 miles an hour, now, like 20 to 30 miles an hour. It's like, it just seems like it's a lot faster because you're lower. Anyways, shut up, Chuck. Um, so here's the thing. As we were rounding one of the turns, every great once in a while when we're there, we will see the cops, the fuzz, the P.I. Don't you dare. <laughs> uh, you know, make their rounds. And we could see from maybe a half mile away. And, and this this place is whiny in the woods. There's lakes. It's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hoity-toity you know, prep school in the middle of nowhere. And he sees the cop from a half mile away. He's like, Papa, there's police. I'm like, okay, let's just, let's, I said, stop and we'll switch. Well, 
Well, I have to remind him. It's like, don't panic. Like when I say stop, let's switch. Yeah, you don't get out of the car before you put it in the park. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then I have to remind him. It's like. Hey, what's the worst thing that happens? Nothing's going to happen. Like, there's nothing is going to happen. You don't have to be afraid of the police. We are white. So I have Ooh. to remind him. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Tell, tell, tell me I'm wrong. And then the other, my, my big parenting tip, and I, and I had to tell him this. If you ever are in a situation with the police, whether you're in the right or the wrong, you play. You got to remember, you shut the fuck up. So just, you know, and it's not a snitches get stitches thing. A snitches get stitches. It's a, you don't have to tell them shit about shit. Don't answer any questions. Like, even if they see us switch, but he did twice. I'm like, you know, no. And I'm yelling at him, get back in the car. You got to put it in park. And then he goes, oh, okay. And then he got out the second time and he did it. It's rolling away. And I had to jump in and then the cop goes, you know waving as they drive by and I'm like dude nobody cares we're in the middle of nowhere and, and most of the cops going to be like they're probably going to be like you're a cool dad uh at <laughs> worst he's going to be like you shouldn't do that <laughs> you know what I mean but nobody is going you know to the who's cow the gray bar hotel because I'm letting him so my parenting tip of the week is remind kids um you don't have to answer questions from the police and you can not only tell them you're not going to answer questions. If you're white, you can probably tell them to go fuck off. Over. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of over, this podcast is over. Thanks for listening to Carnival Personnel once again. Tune in Thursday for a Galaxy Quest. I'm calling it a Galaxy Quest sideshow because we can't talk about the making of Galaxy Quest without the actual talking about of the movie. So uh, I'm sure that'll happen. I'm sure that the uh, the staticky sounds of Jacques coming in through our lo-fi connection is going to be just as annoying during that podcast as it is during this podcast. And with that, I bid you a fond farewell and a, a fine don't forget. 